The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Talk is Jericho, baby. Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho, mama. Talk is me. All right, welcome to Talk is Jericho. The people's podcast has arrived. The remedy for boredom is here. Let's go for a ride. And I want to welcome Talk is Jericho's newest sponsor, Burger King, baby. That's huge. That's some mainstream sponsorship coming on board. And we thank all the fine folks at Burger King. I'm telling you what, you already know Burger King can lay down some serious grub. How about the new thing they got? How how do you capture the flaky, buttery lightness of your favorite breakfast sandwich? You know how? But you say croissant. Now you can get two croissants for four bucks only at Burger King. Restrictions apply. Now that is cookie yo. Now, speaking of cookie, big news this week, uh, Skid Row with my good friend uh, Snake Sabo announced a big change in the band and uh, Snake and Rachel Bolin are here. And Rachel, we've never actually met before. I appreciate you calling in and I give you great credit for putting up with Snake for the last 30 years. (laughs) Well, day's not over. (laughs) <laughs> the day's not over yet <laughs> so the the big announcement that uh johnny solinger is out of skid row and you have a, a new singer tell us about this snake well we had uh we have been thinking about this for a few months now uh maybe even longer than a few months um with all due respect to johnny it was it was a great time that he spent in the band. I mean, he was in a band for 15 years, and we, we did a lot of great things together. Um, and had uh, so many great memories. He's a really good guy. It wasn't anything about that. It just felt like things were, uh, you know, just not going the way that we wanted them to at this point. And it got to the point where, uh, you know, Rachel and I spoke, and, and Scotty, and we just decided that, you know what, maybe it's, it's time that we, we make a change. And Tony Harnell has been a friend of ours for a long time from TNT, and uh, we contacted him, asked him to come down and jam with us in Atlanta, and he did, and it felt really, really good. And uh, and then we felt, you know what, let's let's do this. Let's make a change. And so um, we made a phone call to Johnny and said, you know, we're going to make a change, and thank you for everything, and you've been great, And but this is just, I think, the right thing for, for all of us. And then, uh, and then made the you know made the move and and uh, officially announced that Tony Harnell is is now the singer of Skid Row. I think it was kind of a and you and I talked about this for a while. I remember you were kind of asking me some some 
what I thought about certain things. I think it was really a smart move for you guys to to announce the new singer the day that you announced that that Johnny was 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 out of the band. I mean, obviously that was a calculated decision. Yeah, yeah. Reach on it. Yeah, go ahead, Snake. No, no. We, we again, we we wanted to do this thing in a, in a manner that it was there was uh, it was seamless. Uh, the transition had to be has to be quick, and and uh, we need to maintain all of our obligations and and move forward. And you know, Chris, if you know as well as anybody, information moves so fast in this day and age right. that it it moves and then it goes and then it's you know we move on to something else. So we didn't want there to be a lull or anything like that. We needed this transition to be as smooth as possible for everybody and for Johnny as well so he can go about doing what he needs to do. Um, and it's important that the audience, you know, a lot of the audience, we believe, know, uh, knows Tony already, but now it's really important for, for us to uh, have our audience become um, – uh, I guess ingratiated with him uh, as a new singer of the band, and you know he's a pro. He's a great singer. He's a great front man, and he's been a friend for quite some time. So it's really exciting. It's really, really exciting for for us right now. First of all, props for using ingratiated. That's a big word for for a rocker from New Jersey. <laughs> props, props to props to some dude from Winnipeg who actually knows the meaning of it. I did. I didn't say I knew the meaning of it. I just said that props to you for using it. I'll look it up later as I Google. Did, did you think it was it was uh, uh, when you're talking about getting a new singer? And it's funny because you said Johnny in the band for 15 years. It's like wow, he's been in the yeah. band longer than 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 Sebastian Bach yeah. ever was but yet still kind of looked at as, as the new guy, you know, as far as the singer goes. When you were thinking about bringing a new guy, did you think it was important to bring in somebody like Tony who has name value from TNT, or did you think that you might be able to bring in kind of a, a guy with a, a new guy? I mean, was it important to you to have somebody that had a lineage? How did you feel about that? I, I think it, it, it was important. I mean, it was in the back of our minds, but it wasn't, First and foremost, we thought of Tony, um, you know, because we're a fan of Tony Harnell. You know, we, we think sure. he's a great singer. And, and he had left TNT. No, he had just left TNT, actually. And um, so we're like, well, he's definitely available. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so that helped. Yeah, so let me shoot him a text and see what's up. And so... Um, you know, like Snake said, we've been friends with Tony for, what, 25 years, Snake, at least? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And um, always got along great and always thought he was a really cool guy. And the fact that he does have a name, we uh, it, it appealed to us, you know? And everything just kind of aligned really mm. quick and really well. And, you know, I, I think it's cool. We're getting a very positive reaction to him being in the band. Well, it's and, funny. Uh, my friend goes right off the bat. He goes, he goes if they don't play as uh, 10,000 lovers in one as the encore, I'm not going to the show. I mean, but people are buzzing over the fact that, you know, the dude from TNT is in Skid Row. I think it's pretty cool. I won't see him at the show. <laughs> <laughs> See you later, Jeff from Las Vegas. You're not coming. You're not allowed. But I mean, I didn't realize that 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 you knew him for so long. I always thought he was from like Norway or wherever the hell TNT is from. I didn't realize he was like a Jersey guy or a New York guy. 
Yeah, he's been living in New York for quite a long time. I, I, he's originally from California. Really? But, um, okay. I believe so. Am I correct? Yeah. Yeah, he's from San Diego, and then he moved. He's right. I mean, he was in bands, uh, sharing bands with uh, with Amp, the Anthrax guys way before anybody was making records. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, they were. So, uh, I mean, TNT is out of Norway, though. Right. Yeah, they yeah, are. TNT is out of Norway, and and they were. It's interesting because they actually worked with Doc McGee right before we started working with Doc McGee. So there's a. There's a, a, a weird uh, sort of cross pollinization there that we've always we've always crossed each other's paths and and it just it took this long to work together but yeah we're still it's such the beginning stages and everything is all new brand new and exciting but it's really it's cool to hear him sing these songs because he's you know. He's got a pretty incredible voice. Well, he's he's always had, you know, we were laughing about TNT, but in TNT, he really had that high range, whereas a lot of the Skid Row songs also have a very guttural, ballsy sound. Is he, he must have that quality to his voice as well. We haven't really heard a lot of Tony singing that way, though. Um, I don't know if you ever heard the Westworld stuff he did with Bruno Ravel. Um, I didn't he, hear that. He does, yeah. yeah, he does sing like that. He, and because we thought the same thing, we're like, you know, all we knew was from TNT was how high he sang. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we went online and we listened to a bunch of stuff and we were like, wow, he's got this other range that we weren't even aware. He's got a four octave range. Wow. So it's, um, you know, the thing that really grabbed us, we were went online and looked at, uh, I think it was a benefit or something, and him and Michael and Oz from Striper were doing acoustic version of uh, More Than a Feeling by Boston. Yes, and we were like, "Wow, wow!" You know, and mm-hmm. um, it blew us away. You know, and and like we said, he, he's a bud, so it, it makes it that much easier to make a transition like this. It's also know? so important too, as you know, when you're on the on the road for you know three weeks in Europe or whatever it may be. Yeah, the the time on stage and whether he can do the gig is is obviously you know paramount, but. It's what the guy is like off stage as a dude on the bus in the in the backstage area, and you guys love love to bus balls. I mean, it'd be hard to kind of come into the camp if you didn't know that that's your attitude. <laughs> he actually calls us the compliments. <laughs> I want to change the name of the band to the compliments because we never give it. It's the only compliment. It's like, hey, asswipe, how you doing? This poor guy is. I mean. Dude, you know, you know how it rolls. This poor guy is just getting in like just brutal verbal assaults. I told him straight up. I was like, "Hey, man, you can't be delicate. Right? Uh, this is, there's no being delicate around us, man. You won't last. You better jump in with both feet, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for real. Did yeah, you? For real. I mean, obviously, the, the question that everyone's asking, you know, is is of course when you're thinking about changing singers, and then it's like, well, what about Sebastian Bach? You know, reunion rumors are always uh, swirling. And I mean, is it something that you, that you, you know, I I know that you guys play music because you love to play music and you want to have a good time. Um, is this why the, the, there's not even any consideration to play with Baz anymore? It, it, did you even think about it for a fleeting second, or was it never even something that was even considered? It wasn't even, I swear to you, it wasn't even considered. And that's no, again, uh, it's no disrespect to anything, our past or anything like that. It just, it wasn't considered. Um, when the idea started bouncing about our heads, about, you know, bouncing through our heads about, you know, maybe uh, making a change, 
it was it would be to get somebody that we hadn't worked with before. That's just it's just the way it felt. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like we were weighing and measuring whether we should attempt a reunion or not. And uh, you know, a lot of people could, will say and 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 what what they want to say about that. And that's all. That's fine. That's all well and good. It's just that for us, and, and dude, you know me long enough to know that uh, you know no one's allergic to money. But you have to be happy doing what you, what 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 you're doing, and this is what makes us happy the way that we're doing it right now, and that's always been paramount. Uh, whenever things uh, weren't making us happy and it was an unenjoyable situation, then we went about making a change, and that's that's kind of where we're at now. So um, we were looking forward; we were just looking ahead to to what would be next. And this, and this is where we are. What's the reaction from from the Skid Row fans been so far? I'll tell you what, it's been pretty overwhelmingly supportive. I mean, I've been getting calls, uh, from everyone from promoters to just friends and family and, and just other rockers and stuff and artists, and they're like, Dude, you guys and Tony, it's a perfect fit, you know, and uh, crazy supportive online. Uh, fans have been very supportive, and um, you know, you get the you get the holdouts, but it's it, it's been really overwhelming, like to the point of shutting the phone off and having to throw the computer out in the backyard <laughs> so that you don't hear your alerts going off, you know. But I mean, in, in, you know, if, if, in in our country, obviously, we're talking about TNT, and and you you're like, oh, I remember TNT. But Tony Harnell actually has a really big name worldwide, and I know this from working in Japan so extensively and in Europe. I mean, I think this is actually it's one of those things that you think about it. It's probably going to breathe a whole new uh, life into Skid Row just by the fact that he's in the band now. I I, I think we we absolutely hope so. Um, you know, that's one of the reasons why we wanted him in the band was we were hoping for that. Uh, and again, you know, these things, it's, it's, this particular thing seems very serendipitous, the way it all went down. There you go. There's another word another for Another word. Jeez, man. I'm writing all these down uh, for later. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. C-E-R-E-N-D-I-P-I-T-I-E. Okay, got it. Serendipity. E-I-E-I-L. <laughs> I'm going to use that. I'm going to start using all those words in, in like your uh, your a, your accent on your uh, the way you pronounce words on your intro, like schwa's. I mean, like, but, uh, so it's, the whole thing has become very serendipitous because uh, <laughs> because everything just seemed to, to be in the right place at the right time. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> has, there, has there been any reaction from uh, from Sebastian at all? I imagine that he well, was probably going, what the hell? <laughs> dude, what the hell, dude? I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure he is somewhere. Somewhere. Yeah. It. But it doesn't really matter because yeah. the most important thing is, is, like you mentioned, you guys being happy with what you're doing. And I mean, I'm sure it's, it's hard in this day and age after being in a band for so long to have to, to let somebody go. But it's probably a little bit exciting at, at this point in time. It's, uh, yeah. you go ahead, Rich. Yeah, it is. You know, um, this was honestly, uh, throughout our whole career, this was the roughest thing we ever had to decide, you know. Mm-hmm. And because we spent so much time with Johnny, and he was like a brother to us, you know. But but things just happened, man. And, you know, it it, it was horrible. But 
on, on the other side of it, yes, we are very excited because, one, the positive reaction we're getting, and, two, it, it's, it changes good sometimes, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I happen to be changing my whole life right now because I'm moving out of state. <laughs> <laughs> so you're really going all the way. Woo, man, I'm going to go out and get a face tattoo. <laughs> get a, a Batman mask on my face. But, yeah, it, it, uh, it is pretty exciting, you know. What's the plan yeah, actually, then? Go ahead, Snake. Well, Chris, I'm, Chris, I'm actually changing into uh, MeUndies well, right now. Just to give you a, <laughs> You're give such you a, a talk as Jericho, Mark, Snake. You've, you've heard all the episodes. <laughs> I am such... I told you that years ago, though. I'm a total... I'm not even a smart Mark. I'm just a Mark, man. You know, you know what the funny thing is, Rachel. Uh, we get our downloads, you know, every week to see how the shows are doing. And I just got the new uh, report about two weeks ago. And Snake's show is Snake was on uh, right before Christmas. His show is almost at a million downloads, and I wow. have, and I have no idea why. Uh, I've never found him that entertaining. I know. And then I thought maybe people thought it was Snake Pliskin or maybe they thought it was Jake the Snake Roberts or I'm not sure what. I maybe thought it was a Snake Charmer. I'm not sure why people listen to that show uh Snake but but you're a hit. They thought it was the singer from Voivod. He's, <laughs> exactly. He's far more popular than me. No, they thought it was actually a snake. Yeah. yeah. I've actually captured a talking snake. It's the craziest thing. you got to listen. I like how you pronounce yeah. the name Voivod. We, we came from was always just Voivod. I didn't no, know. Voivod. 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 Um, that's, from all the, that's from all the time you spent in France. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't even know what that means. But le- learning words like serendipitois. So what is the what is the plan now with Tony and the band? Are you guys going to record some new music? Are you going to uh, hit the road? Um, what's 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 the what's the thought? Yeah, all the above. Actually, we, we've actually yeah. uh, we've been writing for a while. Snake and I have, and and uh, yeah, we're going to start working him into the new stuff so he can make it. You know, have some. Uh, some of his own stuff, you know, and, and um, we're going out on the road. I think our first shows are May 22nd, 23rd up in Canada. Saskatoon, I saw. Your opening show with your new singers in Saskatoon. Saskatoon. <laughs> hey, buddy, welcome to the band. <laughs> Remember Skid Row, platinum-selling albums? We're going yep. to Saskatoon, baby. <laughs> we're going to rock it out. What about L.A.? No, man. No. Nope. That's where it's Tokyo? at. Tokyo? Nope. Saskatoon, <laughs> dude. Saskatoon. Mother tune. <laughs> so, yeah, so we're doing that, and then we uh, have that big show out in Vegas that's uh, being filmed um, with a few shows beforehand. I think one in uh, Los Angeles somewhere. You can see I'm really up on our schedule. <laughs> exactly. uh, we'll just Google it later on. Whatever. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Perfect. When, perfect. when you guys get a, a new singer, I mean, obviously, I'm sure with Johnny, you've, you have a set that you play of you know, 15, 16, 17 songs. With Tony, do you add a song? Uh, is there something that you haven't played in a while that you think, oh, man, now that we have Tony in the band, we can do this? Or do you pretty much just keep it business as usual with, with the songs that you're doing? We started, uh, we started work on a couple things, you know, with... We had uh, we haven't done songs like Quicksand Jesus in quite a while, so we we started doing that again. There was some newer stuff as well uh, that we started working on stuff that was on uh, you know on, on the Thick Skin record. Um, but I think uh, I'm trying to think of all the stuff that we worked on when he was first down there. We were uh, 
the big thing about it is, you know, when you have this new voice that comes in a band and he's already established as, as a pretty renowned and well-known frontman, um, he's got a certain confidence that he brings with that, that he kind of goes into it basically like, I can sing anything you guys put in front of me, right. so let's go. And that really is inspiring. Um, so you get to explore, you know, things that maybe you haven't touched in quite some time. Uh, it was great to go play Quicksand and Jesus again. It had been a few, you know, mm-hmm. few years or whatever since we had done that. And so I'm sure there's going to be other songs that we're going to look back on and, and uh, songs like Psycho Love and things like that that we uh, will approach again. Do you guys ever do anything from Subhuman Race? That's like, is that like the forgotten record in the catalog? No. We do Beat Yourself Blind every now and then. Okay. Yeah. We do Beat Yourself Blind. There are some songs that we would do off of it that just didn't translate. Like, I remember... Back in the day, we were doing, like, My Enemy, and we're like, oh, we love this song, you know? Mm-hmm. It was the first single off it. It went over, like, a fart in church, man. It just did not translate. And uh, so that's frustrating when things like that happen. But we would do, uh, we've done Breaking Down here and there. Um, and so I think we're going to probably revisit some of that stuff as well, just to see where it would fit uh, within the whole grand scheme of things. But Beat Yourself Blind was always the one that stood out, so I'm sure we're going to, like Rach said, we're, we're going to go back to that at some point. Well, it's it's an exciting time, man. It, like I said, whenever something like this happens, it, it does breathe new life into the band, and I'm really excited to see how Tony sings those old songs and, and the stuff that you're, uh, you're going to come up with with him. And um, I think the fine people of Saskatoon are in for a, a big, big treat. With uh, <laughs> this is like Skid, it's like Deep Purple now. Is this Skid Row Mark Three? <laughs> That's a thing. Yeah. If you really want to get technical, it's actually Mark Four. Okay. Yeah. Who, who, who was who was the Mark One then? There was a kid named Matt Fallon that was in the band. He was also uh, in Mark One of Anthrax too, right? Yep. Yeah. Mark wow. Two of Anthrax. He yep. should start a band called Mark. Oh, he was in Mark Two. Yeah, he oh. was because they had Neil, Neil Turbin before him. Oh, so he was after Neil Turbin. Okay. Yeah. You guys are way too metal for me. Yeah, this conversation has gone from TNT to the first singer of Anthrax to Voivod. <laughs> we're, we're, we are super, super metal right here, right now. Uh, we, we, I, I could throw out a, throw out a Prunella Scales um, uh, reference as well, just for you, Rach. I am what was that guy's name that was in the band that, that, that you brought that one time in Japan? Wally or Woody or what was his oh, name? Oh, Elwood. 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 <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Elwood. You know, Elwood works with uh, Billy Gibbons. He's been Billy Gibbons' guitar tech for like the last 15 years. Wow. Yeah, yep. There you go. From Prunella Scales to, to Billy and Gibbons. Still, and he still gets a pro wrestling torch newsletter. <laughs> and so do you. <laughs> Yeah, no, shut up. <laughs> shut up, man. Rachel Snake, man, it's great to have you guys on. We're really excited to, uh, to to hear this new this new version of Skid Row. And Rachel, it's nice to, to finally meet you for once. You and I should kick Snake out and just go hang out one time. We'd probably have much more fun. All right, cool, man. Totally. We were gonna. We were actually gonna ask you to join the band, but we couldn't compete with a lighted jacket. So we were like, "Yeah." Do you know how much money it costs to, to to get a road case for that jacket? That thing is such a pain in the ass, man. I'll tell you what. Forget it. You'd be better off. You'd be better off getting a talking snake. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you Thanks, for the platform, bud. I really appreciate it, man. We'll have some stuff for you to play real soon, too. Looking forward to it. Talk to you soon, guys. All right, buddy. Later. Bye bye. 
So there you have it, straight from the horse's ass, I mean horse's mouth themselves, Snake and Rachel, they'll appreciate that. Skid Row talking about their new singer, Tony Harnell, will be back in the studio this summer recording the third chapter of the United World Rebellion Trilogy. I guess that's that's obvious. And as Snake and Rachel mentioned a minute ago, Tony will make his live debut with Skid Row in Saskatoon this month. If you're from Canada, you call it Saskabush, eh? Saskatoon, great rock and roll city. Uh, wise cousin Chad grew up very close to there. He might have even went to the University of Saskatoon as well as, what's the good word, Todd? Dino, Dean Mullen out there uh, rocking it in Saskatoon. Skid Row will be making their debut with Tony Harnell. And I'm making my debut with The Walking Dead, one of my favorite shows and i'm super stoked to have josh mcdermott aka dr eugene porter the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal it probably won't go well so set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I cannot abide a reality where you are the chosen navigator over a son of the South who has successfully negotiated the travails and vagaries of journeys both real and virtual. All right, here from the uh, probably the biggest show, I think, in America right now. I would say the world. In the world. Um, just from the, the response I get overseas, I would say the world. The, the, I would agree with you on that. I get Josh McDermott here from Walking Dead. Yeah. And uh, it's funny because in my stupid mind, for some reason, I keep calling you in my head Josh Hutcherson. Oh, interesting. Which is okay. the kid from Hunger Games. Hunger Games, yeah. So I've written that down a couple times, Josh Hutcherson, and then today I was looking at up your Twitter address so I could put it up on Twitter, and I was like, wait a second, that's not, that's not him. <laughs> you're wait tweeting a second, the I'm wrong guy. Yeah, so, but yeah, dude, so, so you're talking about how, you know, on a worldwide basis, like from, from what, have you traveled around since you started doing Walking Dead? Or? Well, just doing, um, you know, just, just talking to people and then doing Twitter and Instagram, right. I mean... Half the fans, half the people that follow me are overseas. They're in Europe. Brazil is huge. Hi, Brazil. They go they go nuts <laughs> when you give them a shout-out. Argentina, they start getting jealous if you only talk about Brazil. <laughs> Hello, Argentina. But um, somebody was telling me that I think we have something like 20 to 24 million people in America who watch the show. In China, it's 30 million. Now, if you think about that in China, that's nothing. Right. That's a drop in the bucket. Yeah, that's like, you know what I mean? Point zero zero one. So I'm just like, good grief. There's more people in China that watch this show than in America, and it's probably not even a hit in China, just comparatively. So it's it's pretty intense just to hear about, you know, we do these conventions around the mm-hmm. world, and, and uh, you know, most I only go around the country. I haven't been overseas yet, but just the feedback I'm getting from some of the other cast members who've gone overseas, they're like, dude, it's insane. Like, you have to get overseas. It's crazy. It's one of those things, like, I know from from a wrestling standpoint, if you wrestled, like, in the quote-unquote attitude era, which was 99 to 2002, 2003, if you leave the business, you can work basically forever because people watched you during those glory days and you right. can go to conventions or you can work wherever. It's the same for Walking Dead. Yeah. Like, the longer you're on the show, the more uh, retirement insurance you're getting yeah. for, for when it's done. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, it, it's it's crazy to see that, uh, you know, some of these conventions, there's people that have done one, two episodes. Right. You know, and they still have a line of fans that want to meet them. And you're like, wow, 
I'm pretty lucky that I've, I've been on this long because, like you said, the longer you go, yeah. the, the kind of the more insurance and, and things like that. I mean, really, I only look at, at each job as like, how is it going to get me the next job? Sure, of you course. Um, I'm extremely blessed that I've landed on this show because it's, it was my favorite show. Really? Um, my so wife and I watched it. We, had, we would have friends over and everything. So this, it's like a dream. You know, mm-hmm. I, I imagine, you know, you were pursuing professional wrestling for so long and it was such a part of your life. And once you finally got to absolutely pinnacles, you're like this, you're pinching yourself going, how am I here? This is great. Totally. You know, it's funny when you're talking about the conventions, like I know sometimes I'll go to them or I'll go online because I'm a big horror, horror fan uh-huh. and I'll see like, I don't know, I think the guy's name is Ari Lehman. He's the guy that played the kid in Friday the 13th that comes out of the water at the end with the weird kind of of like mongoloid yeah. face and that's the picture that he has that he signs and of course it's been 30 years he's like a guy now and it's like that's all you got but he's like he said i said one time that's all you got he goes that's all i need dude <laughs> i make thousands off that picture and i'm like really <laughs> for that people love it man yeah i mean some sometimes we'll be at a convention because the, the cast of, of people changes but like Robert England will be there. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of the guy's like name. Bruce Campbell. Bruce always Campbell's there. always like a you know he's the darling of these conventions. And then um, the guy from Gremlins. I just I can't think of his name, but I met him oh, the like other the, day. The Zach, Zach uh, Galligan. Galligan. Oh, yeah. there's an obscure. And I was like, and he still looks. Ex- I mean, he's older now, you know, but he looks like the kid from Groundlings or not Groundlings, uh, uh, Gremlins. Gremlins. And, yeah. and I'm like, oh my gosh, man, this is like I, your movie scared the crap out of me when I was a kid, you know. So. It's like it's fun for me as a fan, and uh, yeah. just to see these people. Like, it doesn't matter if you just had that one kind of obscure film, or if you've been sure. in like a bunch. You know, someone like Bruce Campbell, who just it doesn't matter what he does; it just continues to pile on, and and the the fans love him, and so it's great. What did you? Was there a casting call for for Eugene, or how did you get involved? How did you get the part? Yeah, so I had done. So I have like a comedy background. I did right. stand up and sketch. Your and last comic standing. Yeah, yeah. And um, and so that's mainly what I'd been focusing on was just you know doing comedies and stuff. And so I got onto a sitcom called Retired at Thirty Five, which was on the TV Land Network. They mm-hmm. do like um, yeah, they do the one with Valerie Bertinelli and yeah, Betty, the White. Betty White. Yeah, so right. that was their first original show because you know before they were only doing like reruns of I Love Lucy or Home yeah. Improvement and stuff like that. So the Hot in Cleveland show, the Valerie, it, yeah. Valerie Bertinelli and Betty White show. And our show, Retired at 35, were the first two original. Who was the star of that? Sorry, Retired at 35. George Siegel. Okay. Um, legendary actor. I mean, he, yeah. I, pretty much somebody had told me, like, in the 70s, it was him and Jack Nicholson were kind of <laughs> yeah, like yeah. the Matt Damon. They were the guys, and, yeah. And Bruce Affleck or yeah, Ben Affleck. Ben yeah. Affleck at the time. And then Jack Nicholson continued, his star continued to rise. And, and George Siegel went into a little bit of obscurity, and then he started slowly coming back and then he was on a show called just shoot me like late 90s right yeah Yeah, hilarious show and so um so he was uh he played the father and then jessica walter who played the mom on arrested Arrested development Development, uh was the mother and then uh you know they just kind of filled in that we lived in this retirement community and i was like i played the best friend of their son and you know was it was it the wacky best friend i was a wacky i was crazy man (laughs) it was like right in my wheelhouse right i was like yeah okay um can i borrow some sugar yeah (laughs) hey i'll i'll make out with that old woman i don't care like that was kind of a lot of the jokes it was fun because you know I also lived in the retirement community with my old elderly parents. I lived in their garage and stuff like that. It was For just, real? 
No, no, no. Oh, like okay. on the I'll show. Say, okay, okay, got no, you. No, no. <laughs> Method acting, man. Yeah, right? <laughs> I'm like, Dad, can you move into this retirement community? I gotta, Come on, it's going to help my career. get into character. Um, so, you know, I'm on this sitcom, and I'm. it was pretty much like the best acting training. It was the first thing I'd ever done. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, wow. I did a little like web series or like little sure. things here and there, commercials, whatnot. But playing in the big leagues. Yeah. yeah. All of a sudden, I'm, I'm on this sitcom, and I'm going, this is like the best training I could ask i'm getting paid to learn how to act from these legendary actors right and so then the whole time i'm doing that i'm thinking well maybe i need to get into an acting class and start studying drama you know so i started doing that and just and slowly but surely started to gain the confidence that i could do a dramatic piece and um at one point i just called my agents after about two years of doing that i said hey start sending me out for drama roles and they said okay and literally the walking dead was the first thing they sent me on for wow. and i booked it and i was like and what was what geez. was the what was the part what did it, like what did it say so they're real secretive about like who they who they're casting because it's a comic book and they may have a character from the comic. They may do a remix of that character. They might want to change his Mash name up, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. They just want to, like, change everything. So I think the name that I went out for was uh, Wayne Kesey. And I didn't – I knew it was a comic book, but I hadn't read it. And so Wayne Kesey was the character's name, and it pretty much described exactly who Eugene was. You know, maybe a bit socially awkward and um, – you know, extremely intelligent and this and that. And so then they give you this audition material and it's like six pages of pretty much a monologue. And I think the first, so I did two rounds of auditions with that. And the first audition, it was a monologue of me backstage with this woman. And we're about to give this big scientific presentation before this, like the world's best scientist, right? And we're backstage and she's like, you know, are you ready to go? Can you, can you handle this? And I don't care about the presentation. I'm like berating her mm-hmm. and like, and, and that's my way of flirting with her. And it was just this weird messed up scene that they just wrote. It had nothing to do with the walking oh, dead. I see. They just wanted to see these moments, these things that the character could do. And so we went through that and uh, that was a lot of fun. And then with the callback, I came in and did a, another six page scene, literally just a monologue where I'm at my 10-year high school reunion, and I've cornered the captain of the football team and the, the head cheerleader and pretty much told them how better I was than they were. You know, I'm just wow. a better person than you. And just, again, berating them <laughs> <laughs> and telling them I'm better than you and, and you know, things like that and, and talking about how I'm good at video games. And, yeah, you, may, you might have a Fortune 500 job, but... You know, I, I play Call of Duty and I beat it, <laughs> you know, things like that. So it was a lot of fun. And what's hilarious is, like, we haven't shown any of that on mm-hmm. The Walking Dead where Eugene is, like, berating someone. Yeah, he's more of kind of a passive-aggressive, yeah. kind of scared type of a guy. But, you know, obviously there were th- certain things that they wanted to see within the audition and the character. And, you know, thankfully I picked up on that and did it. You know, it was, it was a lot of fun. It's it's interesting because when the character was introduced, and then this is the way they want you to believe it, I thought, okay, well, this guy, he, you know, you're going to save the world. All you got to do is get to Washington right? and you're going to save the free world. And it was so well done when it was revealed that he was just scared and wanted somebody to hang out with, Yeah, basically. Yeah. You know? well, do they, when you're getting these scripts, is it one week at a time? Do you know if there's some sort of a character arc? How does that work when you're filming the show, at least the past episodes that you've done? Yeah, it, it varies. Um, when I took the job in season four, I knew that I was lying about having the cure. Okay. 
Now they didn't make that announcement to the whole cast. Sure. Although I'm sure some oh, of the cast, like just to you, yeah, I'm sure some of the cast knew that. I mean, they're not like, hey, don't tell anyone. Mm-hmm. But like, they just kind of only told me. They didn't make an announcement or anything. I didn't know when that reveal was going to come. And I'm sorry if you're listening to this and we just spoiled The Walking Dead for <laughs> you. But... I get in trouble all the time. Listen, <laughs> that was season. That was like a year ago. Yeah, it's been know? a while. So you, if you, you haven't watched it and you're listening to this, if you're a Walking Dead fan, you know, get your shit together. So they. Um, so they kind of tell you little bits and pieces here and there. We just had a, I just had a meeting about season six, mm-hmm. right? It's so vague. And they did this for season five, too. It's so vague what they tell you. They're like, Eugene's going to deal with the thing that might push him <laughs> to a point in his life of... And they might use something. some other word. And I'm just like, that tells me nothing. Right. Like, I don't know. That could be anything, you know? But I, for whatever reason, that's what they want to tell you. And then there's other moments where, you know, like, I knew I was lying. So I, I know certain things. Did that, did that help you as a, to, to, to act as Eugene? And since you knew that deep down inside he's lying, did that help you to perform when you were acting? As um, a little bit. I mean, I, I appreciated, having, appreciated having the knowledge. But what I... Ultimately, I think Scott Gimple, our showrunner, was like, man, you just had so many layers. Like, you know, you were like four or five levels into a con. And mm. I didn't look at it that way. I, I wanted myself to believe that I had the cure and that or that Eugene had the cure and that he was going to solve the apocalypse and, and all that. But um, if I started thinking about, yeah, but I'm lying. And then, then you start tipping your hat a little bit. So gotcha. I just kind of wanted to be as truthful as possible and just kind of shed mm. off the rest of it. And just let the performance, let the audience really dictate what they want to believe. Yeah, there's instead some of layers there. Them do Absolutely, yeah. and that was, I mean, and that was cool. But it was, it was, it was fun. I, I'll, I'll tell you this: like, so that reveal came in the comics since Eugene is a comic book character, and um, I thought it came a lot quicker than I thought it would. I oh, was really? like, oh man, I was hoping we'd hold out to like season six, <laughs> you know, because now all of a sudden, like, well, the top, clock's ticking. Do like, you <laughs> do you read the comic and see like what happens to Eugene? Is, is see like is there like a I, final demise of Eugene or something? Because I don't read the comic and I don't want to start because I just yeah. like seeing the story unfold the way that you know that that the producers and the showrunners want to see it unfold. Yeah, I have I have read the comic. Um, I'm probably five to ten issues behind at this point. Mm-hmm. And it's really fun to read that because it's it's just a whole it's like a different version of the walking dead but they're completely separate from each other like okay. on the on the show they do things that they can't even you know i think people are wondering if the people with the w's on their foreheads i don't think they're in the comics i, I may be wrong but i'm pretty sure they're not mm-hmm. and so like they like to be able to insert characters like that into the show and then just kind of throw everyone off um, so I have looked ahead, and I know Eugene's still alive, but it also tells me nothing because there are people alive in the comics that are dead on the show. Right. So it's like you know, like I Andrea can't, I think is still alive. And, yeah. Yeah, and 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 Daryl's not even in the comics, so it's like I can't keep looking at the comics and going, "This is, this is you know where I'm going with Eugene." You know. So when knows? you guys are filming, like a, a, you, you film over the course of three, four, five months, whatever it is, do you get each episode script one at a time? Yeah, so we'll get um, we'll get one script, and uh, the day before we start shooting that script, we'll get the next script. Okay. 
So that way we kind of have a little bit of a look ahead, and it takes two weeks or so to shoot a, shoot one episode. And so we'll we'll be able to look at it that way. And then, you know, everyone wants to know about getting killed off, you know, yes, like what I, that's like. So they try to give you, the person they're killing off, from what I understand, because I haven't been killed off yet, but they try <laughs> and give them like a three-episode heads up. Oh, really? Yeah, so they can kind of make plans if they need to. Yeah, um, like work plans? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Book me on the convention circuit? <laughs> right. Yeah, you're going to have a lot of free time. You might want to call your agents. And, <laughs> yeah. Have you ever been called into the producer's office because they wanted you to, you know, f- fix your jacket? or something and you were thinking this is it oh like, yeah every time they they <laughs> phone you i'm like oh what what did i do i'm sorry man don't say please, it, don't say please. It. and he's like no i just want to say great work in the last episode i'm like don't <laughs> don't do this to me man <laughs> see that's the thing i did dancing with the stars and right. okay learning the routine was was hard enough and it's like you know a seven day a week thing and eight hours a day but the hardest part is when you get down and they start uh, announcing uh, Monday is the show, Tuesday is the announcement, and you're waiting in this room, and it really is like being in, in death row. Like yeah. they're calling the next one, oh, it's still not me, and it's still not me. And then when they put you in the last two, oh, it's, it's like you're worst. gonna die. It's yeah. terrible. And I, I'm seeing like when you get like, here's this week's script. Okay, yeah. read it. Oh, <laughs> you go to the alive. last page right away yeah. and see if you're alive, and then and then work backwards. <laughs> yeah, exactly you know? right. Exactly. That's uh, yeah. It's it's frustrating because. Um, you know, obviously, you want to. If you're on a show like, like I, I love the show Blackish right now yeah. on ABC. It's hilarious. Like they're not killing off their characters. Right. It's just a fun family You'll sign sitcom, for right? two seasons or what are three seasons, yeah. and you're you're gonna live. There you go. But like on this show, like literally, you're walking on eggshells. Like, do I? You know, say this to the producer, they might take it the wrong way, and then they might kill me off. Like, this is a show that's actively looking to kill people off. So right. Just, and like, the great thing is, like, everybody's nice. Everybody's the coolest person yeah. to hang out with and i think it's because nobody wants to be a diva and get killed off <laughs> that's like what a great what a great device to use to like have an okay. awesome working environment what a great you know? carrot to dangle <laughs> yeah. a, bl- a blackened carrot like we could kill you we could kill you exactly yeah. like, it's gonna wreak havoc with the uh, c- contractual negotiations it's like if you don't pay me more what yeah, what, what, more what? What? Because <laughs> there was a scene in, in the finale of, uh, of of season five, I guess, where Rick gets taken down by a zombie, and I'm like, he could he could die. Like if Rick dies, the show would continue. Because I remember watching Game of Thrones, the first season. I, I came into it. Right. The, the Sean Bean, the King, is yeah. on the cover of the DVD. And guess what? Here's another spoiler, guys. He's dead by the end of the first season. Yeah. Like, you can't do it, that. You're like, what is going? He's what the is hero the show about now. Yeah, now what do I do? <laughs> See, that's the beauty of Walking Dead. You just don't know what's going to happen. You don't know, but what it does is it sucks you in even more. That's right. Because you're like, wait, how are they going to manage without so-and-so? Mm-hmm. How are they going to manage without Herschel now that he's got his head chopped great off? Great call. Great call. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so – and, and the funny thing is Andrew Lincoln, who plays Rick, even he says he doesn't feel safe, and I believe him. Well, that's what I mean, yeah. I mean, people go, ah, oh, yeah, but they're not going to kill off Rick. They're not going to kill off uh, Daryl or Daryl. Yeah. Like, they're kind of the three that they're – any one of them could go. Sure. You know, and, and you know, the fans go, oh, we'll riot if you kill off Daryl. Yep, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead and riot because you're just going to keep watching now. Of course you will. Keep watching. And, and that gets it because, you know, I was thinking about midway through this season, I was like, because uh, I've been watching from the start. I'm a huge zombie fan. Love the concept of the show. But I'm like, how many times can they go look in the forest and there's some zombies come and and then they end up at some kind of sanctuary that ends up turning evil. Uh-huh. But then the last three episodes of this season, Blew my mind. Like it just, there's, it never ends. 
for example, you, you were involved when when uh, um, I can't remember the character's name. Everyone loves Chris when he dies. Oh, Noah, in, yeah. Noah in in the revolving door. I mean, that was probably the best death in the show history. Yeah, like there's just so much creativity and so many ways you can go with it. It really is engrossing. Well, Scott Gimple, who runs our show, um, Matt Negretti wrote that episode and went to Matt and said, "Listen, I don't know how." We can kill him. I just need this, this, and that, and throw this. I mean, he pretty much asked for asked a waitress for an order that you could uh, give me a taco with put a hamburger on top of it and like a pickle on the inside, like just (laughs) weird stuff. And Matt Negretti like made this device of this turnstile, you know, where they would get caught, and because like Glenn needed to see the death. Noah needed to die. Nicholas needed to cause it. Like all these sorts. You of things. drive by was, to draw of the. It was so brilliant away. how yeah. they how they wrote that. And I was. I mean, I'm reading this, going, "Oh my gosh!" Like we have the smartest writers in the world. You <laughs> so know, creative. It's pretty rad. What was no? What's Noah's real name? Oh my god. Okay, well, <laughs> Tyler James Williams. Tyler. So yeah. so was Tyler come to you like a couple weeks before and say, "Hey man, I'm I'm getting it in two seasons or two episodes," or does it? Do they keep it secret too? They, um, some people, well, after they, so like they'll tell, um, like they told Emily Kinney who played Beth Mm -hmm. and then, um, she kept it to herself, but like an episode later they started calling the rest of us to let us know, you know, they just want to let her have that feeling or not (laughs) the feeling of hopelessness. (laughs) No, they wanted to let her know that she's not going to be around and that, um, you know, she can take care of her affairs. Mm -hmm. Um, with, uh, you know, they ask that they, 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 that character doesn't tell the cast, the rest mm. of the cast. Um, Tyler, the interesting thing about him, so he came in as a recurring character. He was only supposed to do two episodes. And then they signed him on for four episodes. And then next thing you know, he's on. You know, they, they re-signed him again for like two more. And then he's like, oh, this is great. And he's a great guy, and everyone loved having him around. And he's an amazing actor, and we're like, this is a cool character. And then all of a sudden, the call stopped coming of, we're going to give you more episodes. Uh, and he's like, I'm out of here. He knew it. Yeah, he knew it. And he started telling us. We're like, no, no, man. They love you. You're great. You're going to be around. No. <laughs> they, they were setting it up big time. Is, do you guys have like a, a party or for, for, the, for the deceased yeah. characters? Yeah. So we'll do um, – they call them death dinners. And I know they don't like <laughs> uh, to use that term. They're trying to change that because they don't want to focus on the death. The, the death they want to focus on the life mm-hmm. and the of the character and the the great work that the actor's done um and we usually go to a restaurant and get a private room and you know have a big meal and toast the person and tell them to get out of here you know like once again it's pretty uh pretty stressful to it be is on stressful show, it's know? really sad and like different people because the cast is so large i mean we've you know we all love each other and we all hang out we yeah. have you know we live in all kind of in the same neighborhood in atlanta and we uh, hang out together even when we're not filming and, and that sort of thing. But as large as this group is, there's different pockets of friends. So and different cliques and yeah, yeah, like I you know, I know Norman, I love him and we text and everything, but I'm not hanging out with him mm-hmm. all the time, you know. He's got his pals and whatnot. So Who are your buddies? Uh I'm good pals with Cudlitz and Steven Young. Gotcha. Um, you know, Glenn and Abraham and um, you know, Christian uh Serratus is, who plays Rosita is becoming a good friend. Cool. Um Actually, the whole crew that uh, we've been dubbed Gradum, Glenn, Rosita, <laughs> Eugene, Abraham, Tara, and Maggie. So Lauren Cohen's <laughs> in there, too, and Alana Masterson. But, you know, so we'll hang out. And, and so, like, if one of them dies, that's going to affect me way sure. more than if, you know, 
someone else died that I don't hang out with yeah, yeah, as yeah, much of course. because obviously we're friends and and that's you know we're hanging out all the time. So it it sucks like from a from a character standpoint to lose that person, but then from a friendship and an actor standpoint, you're like, oh, we, I don't get to work with this person anymore. That yeah. stinks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Did you, uh, did it say in the, in the character breakdown originally that he had a mullet, or is this what you brought to the table? No. Because you do, had, like, I was, you have a little bit I of got a little, bit, little I got hockey a little hair. <laughs> you call that hockey hair where I come from? Yeah, well, I think uh, I think people with with hockey hair look better than what Eugene looks like, you know, or like a nice Euro mullet looks way cooler. <laughs> yeah. um, no, in the original breakdown, he had a uh, mohawk. Oh, and I was, I, I okay. So for me, I want to look as ridiculous as possible when I'm doing a like when I was on that sitcom, I had like lamb chop sideburns. Right. It's like I want to stick out because yeah. like I don't want to get lost in the shuffle or stand into the background. I want to like stick out, and so. I was really excited about maybe the potential of having a mullet or a, a, a mohawk, but then I was also scared because I got like these moles on my head that like if you <laughs> shave my head, it's gonna get. Na- it's like, oh, we made a mistake. <laughs> Kill him! Kill so, him off! Yeah, <laughs> instantly first episode, he's gone. But they, Eugene is in the comics and he's got a mullet in the comics, and so that was actually how I figured out who it was, mm. is because I started Google searching. You know, so they never told you what you were auditioning they know, for. They never told me what I was auditioning for until, you know, because they used a fake name, Wayne Kesey. Right. Until I booked the job and I spoke with Gimple and he said, oh, okay, so the character is Eugene. Mm-hmm. He's in the comics. I'm like, oh, yeah, of course, Eugene. And I, he's like, oh, you read the comics? I'm like, yeah, but I hadn't <laughs> yeah. yet. I just did like Google searching and stuff. <laughs> the number one rule of show business. Anytime they ask you something, of course. Yeah. Can absolutely. you ride a horse? Yes. yes. Can you skydive? Absolutely. <laughs> read the comics? Twice, <laughs> yeah. You have to you have to BS your way through this business. Yeah, Otherwise, absolutely. this business work, is based man. on BS. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh, how, how long do I have? Two weeks? Yeah, I can learn how to surf. Easy, by then, you of course, know? <laughs> of course. So I mean, but that wouldn't uh, Eugene with the mohawk doesn't doesn't fit to me. It seems like just the way that even especially with the accent that you have, he's kind of a southern guy. It seems it, yeah, you would have a mo- uh, a mullet. A mullet definitely fits, and I think if you have a mohawk, you're Probably a little cooler mm-hmm. than if you have a mohawk. A little more rebellious. Mohawk. Yeah. Eugene definitely wouldn't have the mohawk. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I, you know, I'm glad to have the mullet. At first, dude, I'll be honest, man, I didn't. I was <laughs> like, because I got, like, my hair is like your color. It's, yeah. it's normally blonde and, and um, you know, I keep it, you know, actually we, we could be brothers with yeah. our hair, right? <laughs> but so they cut, they gave me a flat top. And actually, I, okay, so I have like really, I have really large feet. I got size 15. Wow. And so I'm sitting in the hair and makeup chair and they're doing my hair the first time. And one of our, our hairdressers also has large feet. And he was telling me about this place in Atlanta that they cater to like dudes with big feet. And like all the NBA players, like when they come through town to play the Atlanta Hawks, they stop at the store to buy their shoes. And, I, and I'm getting excited. I'm like adjusting in my seat and everything as the woman is cutting my hair into a flat top and took out this big divot. And she yelled at me. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is like my first day. I'm like, they're going to kill me off now. <laughs> and so she had to make the flat top even shorter just to even it out. And it was like 
the worst haircut. <laughs> and then they, of course, they leave the hair in the back and they dye it brown. And I'd never had it, you know, anything but blonde hair. And I was just like devastated. And so we're in like rural Georgia. And I was like, can you please take me to Walmart so I can at least get a hat? And they're like, okay. And we walk in, I walk into Walmart and I saw like five dudes with the same haircut. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, never mind. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, dude, you're in the right part of the country. If that's going to be the case, you're going to fit right into some of the rural Georgia. Oh yeah. And, and the people in Georgia are awesome. I mm-hmm. mean, they're, they're, you know, I love being in the South. Mm-hmm. I hate the humidity and the weather, but like the people, the restaurants, the you know landscape, the great places to hike and fish and all that. It's amazing. I love being down there. But man, I gotta have a mullet. <laughs> <laughs> where where are you from? Phoenix. Okay. Yeah. So you're from the other side of the country, basically. Yeah. And you said you started up as a as a stand up comic. Yeah. So what I did, well, we could back it up even further. I actually did radio for 14 years. Wow. In Phoenix. In Phoenix. Yeah. What station? KNIX. I'm wondering if I know that one. What's the big rock radio station there? KUPD? That's the one, yeah. yeah. I've done a lot of stuff with him. Um, who, like John Holmberg? Was that the guy? John Holmberg, or? and there's one guy with, with a name, a afternoon guy. I don't know if he, I can't remember what he was called, you know, the, the Rebel or the Bandit. Oh, sure. Yeah, I loved working in radio. So I started when I was 14 years old. I would call up this, this radio show, and it was back in like the early 90s when country music was just exploding with Garth Brooks and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And I listened to this radio show because it was like if David Letterman had a radio show. They were just wacky and like really eclectic and weird yeah. and funny. And I loved listening to it. And I didn't really care for the country music as much. And uh, you know, slowly but surely became a fan of, of the music. But I would call up and request that song, Achy Breaky Heart, by Billy Ray Cyrus. The king of the mullets. The king of the mullets. It, this whole thing has come full See? circle, man. We've got a, a real, uh, <laughs> we got a, a common ground I gotta, here. I got to get Billy Ray to go to a Waffle House with me. I just buy him dinner and <laughs> say bang. thank you. He grew his bangs out now, though. He's got like <laughs> oh, the, did yeah. He? Oh. I think I saw him on Hannah Montana once, and he has like the long one-length bangs going on. What were you on. doing watching Hannah Montana? Well, don't worry about it. I'm a big Hannah Montana I know, I know, fan. I know you have daughters, but I, come yeah, on, man. That's why. You don't have to watch I was, it. I was sucked in to the Hannah Montana. <laughs> And then a little bit curious to see what Cyrus was up to now yeah, right? as well. So I would call up this radio station and I would uh, just do a stupid voice. It was right when that song was it hit its peak and people started to turn on it. They're like, okay, we've heard too as much. As always, about it. right? Yeah. Every, everybody him. has now a shelf life, yeah. right? So I would call up and I would just do a dumb voice and I was like, hey, can you play Achy Breaky Heart for me? I'm like 14 years old. What waiting. accent is that, by the way? Okay, so there's this East, kid in East my Indian high school. It was I don't know. I don't even know what it was, but this kid <laughs> in my high school, his name was Leonard. I don't want to say his last name, right. but um, he was. He, I don't think he was Filipino, but he grew up in the Philippines. Okay, and so he had like a weird. He just had a weird accent, you know. Mm. And so I would I could impersonate him, and so that's I just took his voice and was calling up, waiting for the school bus, just like screwing <laughs> around. And they're like, yeah, what's your name? And I, like, I hadn't thought that far. Right, right, right. <laughs> I was like, oh, uh, and the first word out of my mouth was Kako, which I, I don't know what that was, but I just <laughs> said Kako. And they're like, oh, okay, Kako, what's your deal? And I'm like, just never broke character. I was like, well, I, I was born in England, but my father was in the Royal Air Force, and so we moved to the Philippines when I was two. The Philippines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so they're like, oh, okay, so you're not faking this accent. I'm like, no. You know, I just I kept the character. And they're like, well, Kako, call us every day, all right? I'm like, great. So I literally called every day, and I became this, like, mini celebrity on their <laughs> this, show. This, this radio celebrity. Yeah, and what they ended up doing was um, the whole bit was, like, Kako couldn't find a job. Mm-hmm. They were always like, well, you know, Kako, what are you going to do? 
today. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to look for a job, and then I'll ride the bus to the mall and look for chicks. <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay, man. So Kako. Kako could never find a job, and people started calling up and saying, well, I got a landscaping company. So people thought this was real. They thought it was real, yeah. man. No one knew it was fake. Yeah. And uh, they're like, I got a landscaping company. You know, Kako can come work for me. And so I wouldn't, you know, they call me, you want this job? And I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll go mow lawns. I don't care. And so, but I wouldn't show up mm-hmm. because I had to go to math class. I'm in high school, right? <laughs> I told them I was like 26 years old and right. I, I didn't look 26. I looked older than I, I was, but, you know, definitely didn't look 14 or 26. So then the guys would call it the next day and they'd be like, you know, yeah, Kako's a lazy bum. He never showed up for work. Kako! Yeah, I'm like, sorry, I overslept or, you know, I missed the bus. <laughs> you know, like all this weird stuff. So they started inviting Kako down to the radio station. And I'm hanging out in studio. And, like, instantly they see this big, dumb-looking white kid walk in. They're like, you're not Filipino. And that's the moment that could have broke me. But I never broke the character. I go, no, it's born in England. My father was in the Royal Air Force. <laughs> they moved to the Philippines. The Philippines. <laughs> They're like, oh, okay. So like, you were doing that. No one knew that you were. No one knew, wow. man. And so I became like this fixture on their shows, hanging out at the radio station so much. And I was calling up as other characters, and they had no idea. And at one point, they said, uh, we were off the air, and they're like, Kako, you spend all your time down here. We can't find you a job. You should just work here. We'll pay you. And that's when I got scared. I was like, this is my real voice. And like this had gone on for like nine months, right? And they're like, "Dude, are you kidding?" And I said, "You told you broke it right I there. Broke the voice right there." And I, and because I was scared, I was fourteen, fifteen years old, going, "They're gonna ask to see my ID. I gotta fill out like tax forms or something, social security." Yeah, number. right. So they said, "I said, by the way, I'm also this guy, this guy, that guy." I, like named off everyone that I would call in as. Oh, so you were calling in as a I bunch of different characters? As a bunch of different characters. I called in as a guy named Josh who would like say, hey, can you play the phone call from Kako from yesterday? I missed it. You know, I'm like promoting your own stuff. Marketing myself. And they're like, uh, so I said, yeah, I'm all these guys too. And they're like, dude, you're half the people that ever call this show. You need to work here. (laughs) And so I started working. I produced this radio show. We became syndicated and we had a great time and and a fun run. And slowly but surely in that time, I started to get antsy and a little bored with it. And I needed to have another outlet. So I started to do stand-up comedy. Mm. And um, you know, I had some friends that were doing it, and I'd give them some jokes. And you know, my jokes were going over well, as they would tell them. So I'm like, oh, I could do this. And uh, yeah, I started doing stand-up. And I got on Last Comic Standing like two years into that. And that kind of set the table for everything else. Did you ever use Kako as one of your bits? I, I went on stage as Kako once, but the audience n- knew that it wasn't. Right. They knew who I was. Like they knew as oh, that's Josh. Like we've seen his show before. So it didn't. It didn't. You work. need to get one of those deals like Rob Schneider used to have, where he would do all the movies that Adam Sandler wouldn't do and do a Kako movie. Oh right. <laughs> like getting a nice little three million dollar budget, like Kako, you know, male gigolo or something. Yeah, like that. something, man. That would be a lot of fun. Get some like like a prosthetic nose or yeah, just like, like something like to change your weird. physical appearance enough. Yeah, one of them weird kind of maybe like uh, the kids from the Gaudi family haircut was get the big kind of it gets all sculpted. And oh, Black yeah. <laughs> and dark. Because actually, when you go on IMDb, 
Kaka was listed as your nickname. Yeah. Did you know that? I did know that. Yeah. Um, I think I talked about this once before, and then Don is another one of my nicknames that someone put up there. And that was, <laughs> and I don't know how that came about. Ah, the I, wonders of social media, yeah, right? Yeah, people just uh, they're like, I think his nickname's Don. Yeah, Don Kako <laughs> is Don what Kako, it is. Don Kako, there you go. How is, uh, uh, since you've been, cause you've been on The Walking Dead starting midway through season four, which was last yeah. year? Right. Right. So how has your kind of recognizability gone up when you walk down the street? Are people recognizing you now? Oh, absolutely, man. It's uh it's insane. And yeah. it's um it's gone it's gotten to the point it's interesting because like, you know, it's still all very new to me. So when I'm when the show is airing, it's you know, the the fever pitch is higher. Like mm-hmm. the people know. But you know, like I went to the gym this morning, and I know you can't tell, but I went to the gym, believe me. And uh, like I just played basketball, and there's a guy that came up. He's like, hey, man, can I get a picture? I was like, you know, sure. Like it, it still throws me off because I'm not expecting it. But, you yeah. know, there are moments where I can walk into a situation, and I go, this, like I'm going to get hit up for pictures or autographs or whatever. Mm. And I'm completely fine with it. It's a lot of fun to, to meet the fans. And mm-hmm. I, I myself am a fan, and I'm still geeking out over it, you know. Yeah. But, um in Atlanta, it's pretty bad. Like, we can't go out as a cast together. So we usually just stay in and go into someone's home and play games or whatever. But if we all go out to eat, I mean, it's over. We, if we don't have a private room, like, we have absolutely – there's no reason Non-stop. for us to go out to eat. Nonstop. Yeah, yeah. A conveyor belt of people coming right, out right. And, and that sort of thing. And, you know, it's – but like I said, it's fun and it's, uh, it's exciting. But I'm, I can see how it could take its toll after <laughs> a while. But, you know, I mean, you, you have your phone number up online. That's not my phone number, though. Oh, Did they, you call it? You didn't call it. I, I could. No, I didn't. I didn't call it. <laughs> I think it's well. When I did it, it was um, <laughs> it was it was just being dumb. Like I put online, it's like one of those numbers where you call up and they're like, "Hey, thanks for calling. You're absolutely wasting your time by calling this okay. number." Like one of those stupid automated messages. But I think like Princess Cruise Lines like bought that number, <laughs> and so now people are calling and they're getting like a sales pitch. <laughs> and they're like, "Hey, man, I called your cell phone. Like, no. thanks for the cruise." <laughs> well, yeah, that was, I was, that's what I was trying to get you on the show. I called the number. I'm like, I'm just gonna call him. Yeah, right. I did that once. I was uh, actually I was at a McCartney concert, and my friend was there. And for some reason, I was DMing him like, "Hey, dude, are you here? I'm here on Twitter." And then by mistake, um. I sent him a DM with my phone number. Oh, right. And then about 30 seconds later, I start getting calls. And it's another call, another call. And I'm watching the show, and my phone is like, bzz, 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 bzz. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Turns out that I didn't DM him my phone number. I actually tweeted it. <laughs> so I got like 500 calls and 500 texts within like 10 minutes. And I'm like, what am I going to do? So I just, I just uh, didn't sell it. I just stone-cold it. I, I stone-faced it, and I didn't answer any of them or didn't respond. I didn't say, yeah, guys, whatever. I just let it go. And after about a week, I got like 200 calls. And then two weeks, 100 calls. And then finally nothing. nothing and then once yeah. in a while, I'll still get it. So that's why when I saw your number up there, I thought, well, maybe what's the big deal? I mean, you probably would just not answer if, if people were actually calling you. That's funny. I, I have given people my phone number you know, different, uh, like, uh, drivers, if, you know, I'm getting yeah. a ride to the airport or whatever, like, things like that. Um, and for the most part, like, you know, 99% of them are, are fine. But every once in a while, there's that person who, like, they're like, well, I got your number now. I guess we're friends, right? And they're, like, <laughs> yeah. texting all the time. And I, and I do the same thing. I just, like, ignore it. I'm like, no, this is this was just so you can get in touch with me for that one thing. Do you ever get, like, that number? It's like, hey, man, how you doing? It's just a number. And I always do the same. thing. like, hey, dude, who is this? I lost all my numbers. Yeah. Who's this? I know. Well, so... I used to think that was BS when people would say, like, oh, new phone. And I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, like, right. you totally deleted me. It was just fine, you know. But 
I did get a new phone and lost half my contacts. I was like, oh, crap. And I was able to figure out who most of the people were. But, yeah, I have been getting a few numbers. You get that like, sometimes, right? Yeah. And, and plus, sometimes it'll pop up and you'll see, like, the thread of messages from, like, four years sure, ago. Sure, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, like, even reading those, you're like, it's like a puzzle. You're like, I don't know. I still don't know guy? who you are. Like, when did we eat lunch Is this together? a guy or a girl? Or I'm not sure exactly what this is. Yeah, I'm like, did we make out? <laughs> like, yes. I'm like, okay, it could still be a guy or a girl. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure which it is. <laughs> be more specific. Are you hermaphrodite? What are you? <laughs> so how long do you have off now between the next season starting? We go back to work in three weeks. Oh, because I guess probably you've been off So we off finished for... in, at, like, Thanksgiving, like, around, okay. uh, like, mid-November. And then, you know, we've been off, and I've been super busy doing other stuff, which is great. And literally, I think this week was the first – or when did the finale air? Last week? Yeah, last week. Yeah, not, a little bit to do last – Not two days ago, but, like, last – Like a, a yeah, week ago, ago, yeah. whatever it was, yeah. But, like, since the finale's over, like, I've been able to, like, breathe a little bit more and, and just uh, – I think this might be, like, the last – bit of thing that I have like any sort of responsibility towards <laughs> and uh, or, yeah. now I'm like I'm just gonna nap for three weeks and then go to work are you under some kind of like um uh what's it called like a silence order or a gag order that you oh can't, yeah like yeah. a non-disclosure non-disclosure yeah yeah they don't want us talking about anything and of course why would you want to again they're trying to kill you off like why do I give them a reason <laughs> yeah they right. they make a signed contract so they'll sue us for a million dollars if we wow uh, if we say anything really yeah so since since you started on the show, then have there been like if, if, are you getting more calls for more work and like is it, like when you ever whenever you're on a hot thing in Hollywood, that's when you usually get your best. Yeah, chances. you get all the attention. Yeah, absolutely. I've had um, uh, I can't really say okay it other stuff about this other secretive stuff because even though I didn't sign a non disclosure, I don't want to tip anything. But I got a call yesterday about something that from that I'm sure you're a huge fan of too, and from like our childhood. That I was like, oh man, if this pans out, this is gonna Uh-oh. be like the pinnacle. I'm sniffing. Yeah, I'm sniffing. So I was like, oh man, I need, I want this so bad, and like it shoots before I go back to work. So wow. I'm like, oh please, please, please. Whereas I'm, like two years ago, before I was on the show, I, I wouldn't have gotten that call. Yeah. Can we speak to Kako, please? <laughs> yes, hello. Uh, it's Power Rangers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, no man, that's not for me. Well, dude, I mean that's the thing, and, and if it, if it is what you're thinking that it might be, then you know if you're going to be on the dark side or whatever it may be but still like you said you're now in the the public eye you know I'm, in a I'm show in like conversations this. about yeah. things that like i said it previously wouldn't have been a part of right and that's that's and even, even if, if it doesn't pan out even if it doesn't pan out and i guess i'm not saying this is what it is but even if it is you know you're getting a call about being in star wars or being in star yeah. trek or being in the new bond movie or whatever it may right. be they wouldn't have given you the time of day like you said two years ago yeah you know? Well, and there have been a few, like, there's been some, like, really cool things, like, uh, Stephen King tweeted about me. Nice. And I was like, whoa! Like, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm not a big Stephen King fan. I, his books and movies scare me. No, wait, me. no, this is Hollywood. Are you a big Stephen King fan? Oh, I'm a huge Stephen King fan. <laughs> it? I loved it. <laughs> my, my favorite. Pet Cemetery. <laughs> cemetery for pets? Oh, how crazy was that? <laughs> like, literally, they bury pets there. <laughs> so what, what did he say? Um, he was saying... He he was talking about some line of dialogue that Eugene had and and thought I delivered it perfectly and I was like oh man that's really it's cool pretty cool that you know Stephen King is watching yeah because I'm a huge fan of of, his, of course man. <laughs> every every book every word every word 
just quirky things, man. Uh, you know, I always try and have some sort of background, and, and sometimes you sometimes don't. But something's standing out here I have to ask you about. Are, uh, it says you're a qualified hot air balloon pilot. Yeah. Is this another one of like these phone numbers that you're supposed <laughs> to call call here for a qualified uh, hot no, air balloon pilot? No, man. I am, I am a hot air balloon How pilot. How do you become a hot air balloon pilot? Who well, does that? Is that well, still a thing? It is, it is definitely a thing. So growing up in Arizona, where do you live? Um, I live in Florida. Oh, okay. But I'm from Canada, Winnipeg, Manitoba. Where there's oh, so I'm sure summertime they have a lot of balloons I, I up guess. there, I guess. Right? I never really saw it. I'm just thinking <laughs> Wizard of Oz the whole time. Right. <laughs> no, that's what we use it for. We go looking <laughs> sure, for the looking land of for Oz. Sure, for Oz, man. Absolutely. Um, so my dad got a hot air balloon ride for his birthday one year and like became addicted to it. He's like, I'm buying a, I'm buying a balloon. And so it cost about as much as like a used car. And he went out and bought a balloon when we were kids. And I have a very uh, eccentric, very eclectic family, man. And Dad, can I have the keys to the hot air balloon? <laughs> yeah. Like, no, your sister has it. <laughs> no. But he bought it. And yeah, as kids, we were like, cool. This is mm. great. But like, we kind of realized we were like not outcasts, but like people were looking at us funny. Mm. Like, that's a hot air balloon. Because you know, families will have a mountain bikes or a maybe a home. boat or something yeah, like an rv we were the idiots with the balloon and um well the crazy thing is so we did um we did foster care so we had we'd have kids mm. you know we'd do emergency care but like if we were planning on going <laughs> ballooning on saturday morning and we got a kid overnight well we're not gonna not go ballooning so this kid is like in this new home and we're like come on we're going ballooning like i i want to track some of these guys down and just find out like hey man are you okay <laughs> it's a good way to keep them disciplined too listen if you don't eat your dinner we're gonna send you away in the hot air balloon yeah yeah we're out in the we're packing up the balloon yeah, right yeah. now man. above the atlantic ocean you know what happens then Right? So, yeah, yeah, you got to find these guys and say what happened. You're like, dude, are you okay? Because I know you had some issues. Like, you were in a foster home. But, like, we, we didn't have any part of your issues, right? But we, uh, yeah, so we had a balloon. And, like, it wasn't like a company or anything. It was just a family recreation vehicle. And we would go out on the weekends and take our friends up. And So what do you do? Like, what, what is, like how, does it, how do you drive it? You, well, you don't drive it. You, you kind of float in the air. You you let the wind dictate where you're going to go. So if you want to go west, you just change your altitude till you find wind that's going to take you west. Mm. But you may never find that wind. You may end up east into a bunch of homes or something. So is it like? Do you like? Is there like a, a lever with gas that shoots up? And makes yeah. The so you go have higher? you have propane tanks and they have tubes that run up into you know gas lines that run up into some burners. And so what ends up happening is you have the actual balloon and you know heat makes it rise. So you just continue to burn the inside of the balloon mm. to heat up the air, and it will take you higher into the, into the atmosphere. Then uh, if you want to go down, you pull this you know, cord, this rip line, and it opens up the top of the balloon and lets the air escape without collapsing the balloon. And then now there's less hot air in there, and it takes you back down. So do you have like a landing strip, or is it just your backyard? You just land wherever you got you got space, man. Well, then how do you get it back to your house? Oh, well, you have a chase vehicle. So oh, okay. you have a, um, so, you know, a lot of people, like the companies will have a van or maybe a, a trucks with, you know, a trailer. And I mean, the balloon is actually very compact. Mm. Like the biggest part of the balloon when it's stored is the basket. Um, you, but you actually put the balloon in a bag and you just throw it in a trailer and it's real, a really small trailer. Um, but we had a station wagon. So like <laughs> we're out in the middle of the desert in Arizona. Like you got all these balloon companies with like four wheel drives out there. And we're out there in a wood paneled station wagon with a bunch of foster kids. Like, 
cruising around like, hey, uh, guys. the crazy McDermott. <laughs> yeah. There they go. But we um, – uh yeah we we'd have a lot of fun with that and just you pretty much just go up and wherever you can land it is where you land it you need a lot of open space did you ever crash all the time man so how, so how do you crash you if the wind if the wind is too strong and you you can come in a little too hot you can come in you can make your descent too quick and just Boom! Like I've broken bones, I've broken what? passengers' legs before. Like, I've, I've broken foster kids' legs. <laughs> they were taken from us and put in another foster home. Like, I, yeah, literally, do not fly with me. I'm not a great pilot, but like I'll hurt you. Um, What's on the bottom of these baskets? Is there wheels on it, or, or a, a no, crash man. pad, or just no, wick, man? It's just, just wicker. wicker. <laughs> it's wicker, man. And so, yeah, you come. You can come in so hot and just. Boom and just bounce that thing and wow. it's, you know you're supposed to kind of bend your knees that absorb some of the shock but it's not good man. So it's not exactly the safest of Sunday afternoon. Uh, let's go for a fly in the balloon. Well, with me, I mean, I don't want to deter anyone from going up in a hot air right. balloon because like a, a really good pilot because like it's it's deceptive what's online. I'm qualified. That's it what doesn't mean, mean I'm good. Well, who qualified you? <laughs> My dad. <laughs> <laughs> he, I imagine he had like a little scepter and went, I now qualify you a hot air balloon pilot. Yeah, right. He's like, Dad, will you qualify me? Ask your mother. <laughs> oh, okay. <I> <laughs> Did you have to get like a license or something like that? You have to do a certain amount of hours um, solo. And then he was a commercial pilot because he had so many hours that he, he qualified himself as a commercial pilot where he could actually charge people to fly. Um, whereas I could just bring up my friends or bring people up, but I couldn't, I couldn't charge them. Although I would, I'd just make them pay for gas. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm like, why am I eating this cost? Yeah, yeah. Like it's you're like the one that wants to go up. Your dad's car was got to throw in five bucks for gas. Yeah. Right. So, um, but he would – so you'd have to do, like, check rides, you know, go up and make sure that you uh, – like, if you haven't flown after a certain period of time, you have to do, like, three takeoffs and three landings and – Like in do, front of, like, a, a like a driver's ed type like guy? Yeah, with a, a guy – like my balloon, dad with a clipboard. A ballooner's ed? Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, you go down – there's a little section of the DMV. They have a lot. It's really big. It's like I've never heard of, heard of a guy that – did did this before? Yeah, it's pretty weird, man. Like my dad still has it, and uh, I think he just patched it up. There was a hole in it, mm. which is always like, "Hey, we just patched it." I'm like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> all right. I guess we'll go up." But like he, you know, we have seventeen. I got seventeen nieces and nephews. There's a lot of grandkids, mm. and so but he takes them up. A know? lot of trips. Yeah, a lot where, of trips. Where do you get the the, the propane fund? Is it like where you go get for your barbecue at the grocery store? No, you'd have to go to, like, the KOA, Campgrounds of America. That's where we would go. So, like, you know, because you get, like, an RV pulling up there, and they need their propane and everything. And you roll in there, and some toothless dude runs out and fills up your tanks. And <laughs> When I was a kid, my dad did not buy a hot air balloon. He bought an RV. And that was, like, if you were on the road in your RV, you yeah. would look for a, a COA, a KOA, yeah. Campgrounds of America, Campground with a K. And that would be like the, like the Hyatt Regency of campgrounds, right. right? And I remember one year somebody stole our motorhome when it was parked. And then when we finally got it back, I'll never forget there was a deep purple cassette in the, uh, <laughs> I, in the dash. And I, when I was a kid, I was like, deep purple's evil music. Like this is Satan music because – the guy who stole guy my dad's stole RV was listening to Deep Purple. <laughs> to this day, whenever I see Deep Purple, the first thing is like, devil music. Yeah, right. <laughs> Thieving music. Yeah. The thievery. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. There's, 
There's some uh, there's some characters at the KOA. Did they find the the RV? They did the find it with, with with the Deep Purple cassette in it. Yeah, that's what I mean. That was an addition. Like, the but guy... was it at a KOA? No, it was. Oh. I don't even know where it was. Yeah. It was. It was kept under wraps on that. I'm not sure exactly what happened. I remember there was oh, a Deep Purple cassette, and there was like cigarette butts. So oh, these, cigarettes these guys, are really. Evil. They must have been teenagers. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and listening to music and yeah, exactly. They got. Uh, I remember lava lamps were like an evil thing for me. Oh, really? Growing up, because. Yeah. Um, I think uh, where, who did I go to my like uncle's house or something? Someone who just listened to music that I wasn't allowed to listen to, and they had a lava lamp. My mom, my mom just didn't like lava lamps, but and I wasn't allowed to go in there. But I thought the reason I couldn't go in there was because of the lava lamps. It wasn't. I didn't realize it was because of the music. <laughs> yeah. It was listening like Megadeth or something, yeah. and I'm like, oh, it's the lava, lava lamps. Are That's evil. what it is. <laughs> Have you uh, kind of jumping? I was just thinking about Walking Dead. I mean, finally, Eugene has killed a couple zombies. Yeah. How, how do you guys do that? Uh, I mean, there's obviously some CGI involved, but there's still guys coming at you. And like, did, did you stab one in the head, or how did you kill the zombies that you killed? Because I think you've killed two so far. I've maybe. killed two, although I saw something online that gave me credit for eight, and I've, I did not kill eight. That's because, the same people that said this is your phone number on Facebook. Yeah, right. Those sons of bitches. <laughs> I did um, – in the script for that episode, I wasn't – Eugene wasn't supposed to kill them. It said that he's carrying Tara out and he shoots at the walkers and, like, I think he kneecaps one of them and, like, shoots the other one back in the shoulder enough to kind of buy him some time to get out. But mm. he, it clearly said he did not shoot him. Well, when they insert the muzzle flash from the bullets and, and all that from the gun and the blood splatters and whatnot, they decided to kill the walkers for me. I was like, oh, okay, I guess that's a huge – to me, that's a huge moment for Eugene. But sure the writers is. who approved it were like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So um, – but what we do is we have – I'd say most of the guns are real. There's a few that are like plastic, um, but you can't tell. And they're always empty. Every once in a while, we use blanks, but you have to you have to be standing far away from uh, the gun if you're using blanks because you could still get hurt from the muzzle mm-hmm. flash. Or I think I may be wrong, but how I think that's how Brandon Lee died. Yeah, he died with the it, they were firing blanks. There was a but dummy blank in the chamber. It was like yeah. a, a a malfunction because you know things can still fly out. And so they want to like be as, as safe as possible. And so we actually try not to use blanks if we can. Uh, it's just you know everyone's got to wear earplugs, mm-hmm. live fire. It's just crazy. But yeah, you just shoot the you shoot the guns, and then the walkers go through the training where they know how to snap their head back. And a lot of times you they'll watch for your gun to like jolt, like mm-hmm. you've hit it, and then they they know to go down. Uh, a lot of times they'll cut to that anyway. So even if the timing's off, it's it's okay. Or someone will say bang. And then that's when they—that's their cue to fall down. With the knives, they'll have like a padding. It'll just be like a handle with no blade, with a little bit of padding on it with some green tape to do like green screen effect. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you just you jam that into their skull. And they're stunt people, so they're used to getting knocked in the head and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. But you just jam them in the head with the pad, and then you pull that out, and then they go in later and draw in a blade with the blood and all that stuff. It's that's it's pretty cool to see. Pretty in post, awesome, right? yeah, yeah. Because um, sometimes, you know, I'll be honest, we're we're shooting or we're stabbing things, and I'm like, this looks lame. <laughs> and then you see it at, in post, and you're like, wow, that's amazing! I can't believe that. I so forgot. amazing, right? Did I really kill that guy? I don't remember. <laughs> it's pretty rad. Last uh, last question for you, Josh. Uh, you said you're a Walking Dead fan. What is the your, your favorite scene or favorite death in the whole history of the show? Is there one that stands out for you? I would say. 
Well, for me, I mean, it's when Eugene admitted the truth to not having the uh, the, the cure to the apocalypse. But I, I feel like that's cheating if I, if I count it as mm-hmm, one of mine. So team. my favorite episode was when in season three when they uh, stumbled upon Morgan and he was holed up in that apartment. He had all the writing on the walls. Yeah. And uh, he, he had just gone crazy. And that whole scene between him and Rick where he, was, he just went nuts was so... Uh, I, I was watching season three and just thinking, like, oh, I'm just kind of getting bored with yeah. this or whatever. And that episode came around and brought me back. And I was like, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is awesome. Um, so that's that's definitely my favorite scene, my favorite episode of uh, that I'm not in mm-hmm. um, of the whole show. And then my favorite death, I mean, mm, I don't know, because I don't really like it when people die. I like, I like <laughs> Herschel's death because it really messed me up, man. It was so, such a shock. It's such so a brutal, shock. too. I wanted to meet Scott Wilson and David Morrissey, who plays the governor, and, and Herschel. And then I come in like the episode after they were killed. And so I had no idea that they were killed because they didn't tell me. And I show up. I'm like, hey, where are they? And they're like, oh, um, well, I guess now that you're part of the family, we can tell you they've died. And I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> but I didn't know how they died until I watched the episode. And it, it shocked me, man. It's one of the, it's one of the standouts of, this, of the show. Yeah. For, for me, both of them are in this season. Was was the opening episode with the slaughterhouse where, where they were just oh my killing the guys in the tub? Yeah, dude, that was so brutal. Like I still like watch that and think about it. Like it, that will never go away. How just how brutal it was because it wasn't even zombies. It was guys on guys, much like Herschel, guy right. on guy, human on human. Yeah, you know that's that's it's scary. Because like everyone goes, okay, it's a walker. You can kill a walker. Yeah, like, and it's as gruesome and gross as that can be. Like it's justified. But when it's human on human, like you said, yeah, it's pretty nasty. The people were asking, they would like I would do interviews and they would say, well, so a lot of my uh, listeners maybe maybe they don't watch the show or you know what what can you tell us about the show that would get them to watch it? I'm like, can we can we just pick up whatever? And I go, yeah, yeah, come in episode one, season five, it's fine. <laughs> I had no idea it was going to be that brutal. I can just imagine all these like stay at home moms who don't watch <laughs> yeah, any right. of this stuff going like, we're going to watch this? this Walking Dead. Apparently, it's a great show. <laughs> yeah, uh, actually, last last question. You did a couple episodes of Mad Men. Yeah, was this after you were already signed as Eugene? Yeah. So what did you do about the mullet? Uh, they cut it. What? They cut the mullet. Well, because they they clip in extensions okay. and, and make it a little longer. But it was right after uh, we wrapped season four, and I came okay. back and and did a couple episodes of Mad Men, and they stripped out all the brown. They just like we don't want it brown. We don't care what color it is. So they stripped the color out, and it became this like weird orange color. And after that, I ended up getting like these promo pictures done. So I have like these promo photos of me with orange hair, and I like I'm dying. <laughs> but um, they literally just like like just cut the mullet off and did it into a '60s haircut because they've gotten pretty long at that point. And then uh, I did the second episode, and they had to do like a trim. And they didn't like give me a real cut. They just kind of combed it how they wanted, and then cut off the excess. And so, like, I had this weird step cut in the back. My <laughs> wife's like, "You look ridiculous. Go get it cut." And I'm like, "I can't. Like, I'm gonna go back and do the Walking Dead." I'm in the '60s now. <laughs> you have to get some Lloyd's of London insurance on that mullet. Yeah, right. man. No one touches the mullet. Okay? Million dollar mullet. Leave That's me alone. Million dollar mullet. There you go. Josh, man, it's been great talking to you, and uh, I'm for looking forward me. to the next season and to the super secret stuff you got going on. And if I ever see a hot air balloon with you in it, I'm Running. Do it. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks, dude. I'm formally requesting a straight-up do-over on that one. That was so awesome, Josh McDermott. Eugene from The Walking Dead. 
Great guest, great guy. I'll tell you this. If I'm ever on the run from a zombie apocalypse, uh, two things I'm going to do. One, I'm going to look for uh, Josh McDermott to fly me away in a hot air balloon. He's a qualified hot air balloon pilot. And there's other thing that you're going to find in my bag when I get on the hot air balloon, DDP yoga. I'm going to be up 30, 40, 50, 60 feet in the air doing DDP yoga in a hot air balloon. That's what I'm going to do. You, you, you want to stay in shape and stay loose to get away from the zombies? DDP yoga is the way to go if you want to start living a healthier lifestyle, whether it's in a zombie apocalypse or whether it's right now. DDP's got it all covered in one program. Fitness, healthier eating, everything you need to get in the best shape of your life. And that's why I am in the best shape of my life. DDP yoga. Yoga makes it so easy. You can do it anywhere, anytime, any place. I know I do. I do it on a tour bus, in a dressing room, in a hotel room. I do it in my own living room while I'm watching Walking Dead. That's right. That's exactly what I do. This program is truly designed to work for anyone, no matter how old you are, what kind of shape you're in. You can start at the beginner level and work your way up to advanced at your own pace. And the Max Pack is the way to go. You get everything you need to get in shape and live a healthier lifestyle your way. You get all the workouts on DVD. You get a grid chart to track your progress. You get a poster to help remember the 12 core positions of DDP Yoga. You get recipes so you can eat on a healthy eating plan, man. You don't need to worry about zombies attacking you. You can escape them and eat well on your own with DDP Yoga. You get all the workouts on MP3 so you can exercise on the go. I want you to go to ddpyoga.com slash Jericho to take advantage of a special offer only available to the Sexy Beast listeners of Talk is Jericho. ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. You can find this great deal as well by going to podcast1.com. Click it on the Keep our podcast free, banner at the top of the page, then hitting the talk is Jericho button. I want you to get in the best shape of your life. DDP can help you do that. I'm going to be using this on the road with Fozzie in just a few weeks. Uh, April 19th, first, I got a signing on my own at the Super Mega Fest in Marlborough, Massachusetts. That's supermegafest.com. That's on the Sunday. Come on down and join me for that. April 24th, Fozzie's playing 37 Main in Atlanta. It's called Johns Creek on the outskirts. You can get your tickets and VIPs at Fozzie. Rock.com. April 25th, we're doing Welcome to Rockville in Jacksonville for the second year in a row. The only band to be doing it two years in a row. Thank you very much. Then we're going out with Slash, May 18th, Concord Music Hall in Chicago, May 21st, Austin, May 23rd, Houston, May 24th, Dallas. Then on October 30th, we're going out on the high seas with the Kiss Navy on the Kiss Cruise. That's right, KissCruise.com, Kiss Cruise with a K. Uh, that's with the Almighty Kiss. Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, my buddies, we're going from Miami to Jamaica. We're going to be playing some rock and roll with one of the greatest bands of all time. We're really excited. And don't forget, next week, April 14th, I am going to be hosting the... uh 10th annual podcast awards in Las Vegas. Uh, that's going to be huge. Uh, April 13th, we got the debut of Nothing to Report on Comedy Central, my new web series. That's ComedyCentral.com. It's a huge Chris Jericho month. Go back and see uh, John Cena live with Chris Jericho on the WWE Network. Huge success, huge hit, lots of fun, so much stuff going on. I uh, want to thank you for being here. Thank the sponsors of the show, Burger King, Dollar Shave Club, Draftings, DDP Yoga, Nature Box, and of course, Amazon. Thanks to you guys for supporting my sponsors and thanks for supporting this show through my Amazon links easiest way to do that so I can keep doing this for you for free for twice a week you know how to find my Amazon links podcast1.com click on the keeper podcast free banner at the top of the page click on talk is Jericho you'll see the links for the UK the USA the Canada A every time you do that Amazon kicks back a little cash to the show no extra fees or hidden challenges we can keep doing this show for you pay some bills and you can do it without having to 
spend any extra cash. You're just doing your shopping. Help me out in the process. All right. Thank you so much. I love you, man. I love to love you, baby. Stay hard. Stay hungry. Peace, love, and hugs. Next Wednesday, the cast of my new Comedy Central web series, Nothing to Report, will be here. Nick Mundy, Clint Gage, Michael Truly. They directed it. They wrote it. They started it. It is one of the most funniest things you're ever going to see. They're called Team Tiger Awesome, and they are amazing. They're here next Wednesday. It's the Nothing to Report Wednesday. Check it out, though, starting Monday, ComedyCentral.com. Then join me on Wednesday. We're going to rock and roll like you've never been rocked before. All the episodes, we're going to talk about everything. I'm so excited. Let me tell you what. You watch Nothing to Report. If you don't laugh, I'll give you your money back. And that's a true, true statement. Yeah, boy. Oh, hell yeah, score. You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at PodcastOne.com. That's PodcastOne.com. <laughs>